The following podcast contains spoilers and words that my mother would prefer I did not say. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing. I hope you're all having a great time out there no matter what multiverse you're in. This week I'm joined by Prime Sam uh, from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs. How you doing, mate? Oh, you're creeping me out already, man. Stop referring to me Prime Sam. Like, like a bit of <laughs> Sorry, Prime Beast. Sam, Sam 832 or something? 626. 616. Oh, forgotten. 616. There we go. How you been anyway, mate? I've been good. I've been really good. I've had uh, no wife for four or five days, and she's been away with our toddler, so I have, like, don't know what to do with myself. The house is a mess, mate. The house is a mess. How much KFC gone. have you consumed? I, I'd rather not uh, say, because people might arrest me for, you know, like, genocide towards a chicken species. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> All right. I'm really, really curious to talk about this one with you. As everybody knows, you are a massive, massive Marvel fan, and I know that you were incredibly hyped for this. <laughs> yeah, I got on the hype train late. Doctor Strange has never been a favorite character of mine yet. With all the internet rumors that were floating around, I started mm-hmm. getting hyped up. I started getting really, really hyped up. And so after, you know, Spider-Man and, you know, Moon Knight and stuff like that, it wasn't, wasn't really... I don't know. I've, I've ebbed and flowed, but I've I got to say, going into it, I was like, I was really hyped. Yeah. Let's get into it then. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is a 2022 American superhero film based on the Marvel comics featuring the character Doctor Strange. It's produced, of course, by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Motion Pictures. It is the 28th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And of course, that doesn't include all of the new TV spinoffs and whatnot. So, I mean, fuck, there's hours upon hours upon hours of MCU at this point to keep up on. It was directed by Sam Raimi, written by Michael Waldron, and it stars Benedict Cumberbatch. Elizabeth Olsen, Chiwetel Ejitor, Benedict Wong. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to get to America Chavez. <laughs> uh, Zochitl Gomez, <laughs> Michael Stuhlberg, and Rachel McAdams. And what is it about, Sam? It is a story about Elizabeth Olsen, aka Scarlet Witch, uh, basically... She decides that she doesn't like this universe anymore because she created some kids and then they got taken away from her. And so she wants to find a universe where she can have kids again. And Doctor Strange basically tries to stop her. Uh, America Chavez is a universe hopping superpowered being. And uh, yeah, basically uh, Scarlet Witch is trying to steal her powers so she can use her to go to another universe. Basic description. Yes. Yeah. 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 That more than covers it off. All right, so we've said that you were insanely hyped going into this. So was I, actually. I I never hyped for a Marvel film, but I thought that the trailer I'd seen for this looked really, really good. And I just love the concept of the multiverse. I think, in general, it's one of the most fun concepts you can play with. Um, So I was really, really hyped for this. So how did this go living up to your expectations? Well... One of the guys that I recorded a podcast with last night on this actually raised a really good point, which is everything everywhere all at once coming yeah. out within a couple of weeks before this has kind of ruined this film. Because everything everywhere yeah. all at once did really good justice in terms of balancing the seriousness with the yeah. humor. And this film just doesn't. And that was no. one, of, one of the hardest parts that I've had with this. I, look, I still enjoyed this. I, I know I'll get executed by the mouse if I say anything too disparaging about Marvel. <laughs> so, you know, my <laughs> contract of like permanently. 
will be permanently terminated, and so will I. So I've got to I've got to be you know fairly careful. But look, you know, I I went into it fairly hyped. I, I was looking forward to the horror aspects. I'd seen an interview with Sam Raimi where he basically said this is the closest a Marvel film has come to a horror, which I was like, well, that's not hard, you know, like aside from yeah. a couple of the scenes in the original Doctor Strange, which is directed by Scott Derrickson, who's also a famous horror director. There wasn't really anything there to compare it to. Like, you'd have to go back to Blade, which isn't technically part of the MCU, to, like, really get any horror. So I was looking forward to it. I was excited. And then there, there was parts of it where I was like, this is some top quality awesome filmmaking and then there was other parts where the dialogue fell flat oh, the character yeah. motivations fell flat the jokes fell flat yeah yeah what about you what are your thoughts yeah oh, oh yeah i'm i'm really really glad because knowing you're an mcu fan i thought you were going to be high on this i have to say i have no contract with the mouse i can say whatever the fuck i want <laughs> this is probably the most disappointed i've been in a cinema in such a long time yeah um like i I think this is a very not good movie, I have to say. <laughs> and I, I, I'm the same as you. I love Sam Raimi. I love Evil Dead. I think his horror stuff has such a sense of fun to it. This movie is the opposite of fun. There is nothing fun about this movie. And that's the most disappointing thing to me is that the multiverse should be fun. You're right. Like two weeks ago or something, we saw everything everywhere all at once where you've got universes with hot dog fingers and, you know, Raccoon Tui creatures. And yeah. this you get one kind of 20 second flash of them jumping through universes where they're made of paint and stuff. And then apart from that, it, it does not play with the concept of the multiverse at all. There, there's one scene and even the horror aspects, this is, there's nothing scary about this movie. At the end of the day, it's still a Marvel movie. Like, you know, sure you can throw in a zombie, but it never reaches those heights of Evil Dead where it's so gory. It's fun, arguably, apart from one scene, I think. Yeah. It's just kind of really, really boring and with the worst pacing I've seen in a Marvel movie in a very long time. That was another There was another big criticism that we had when we were talking about it was the, the, the pacing in it, where literally, you know, they're chopping between scenes and mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of up and down. It's all over the place. And I completely agree. Like, there's, like, the horror aspects... I liked. Like, I feel like Raimi pushed it as far as he could for a PG-13. Yeah. You know, the- you can see that he's having fun with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the the bit where she comes exorcism soul out of, like, a reflection, you know, and is, like, thrashing around. I was like, that was pretty cool. The part where she appears from behind the door and she's just, like, this demonic, like, you know, presence-type thing. And even some of the, even, like, the, you know, when she starts terrorizing the alternate vision of her, you know, she's showing waves in the cup and, you know, like, staring at her and all that sort of stuff. There was aspects like that that I was, like, really good. But I feel like... Raimi is neutered by the PG-13. Like, he can't... Absolutely. Like, this probably has more blood and gore than any other Marvel film, and I reckon he was right on the precipice of actually having it sent back to him. But at the same time, like, if he got given this a hard R and maybe taken out some of the, like, jokey, you know, like, oh, you know, sort of elements from it, you probably would have had a full Raimi film. And... yeah. You know, like, is, is this as bad as Spider-Man 3? No. Is this still an acceptable and watchable movie? Sure. Um, you know, he again it's sort of hard with him with expectations as well because you know it's like this is the guy that directed spider-man one and two which are two of the best marvel films yeah. even just standalone superhero films whatever you want to call them yeah definitely so yeah. ahead of their time so ahead of the time so you have the weight of expectations of that on your shoulders plus you know the idea of going to a multiverse and showing us things that you've you know never seen before and crazy yeah. realities and all that sort of stuff there's so much out there so much ripe for the picking that they really could have inverted it in so many different ways and you're right like you know 
yeah, they have the painting scene. They go to another world where everything's pretty much the same except Ultron works for them and stuff like that. You really wanted yeah. more out there worlds. I mean, the only other one I can think of is when he goes and finds that dark vision of himself that, you know, is like yeah. obviously evil. You know? <laughs> it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But aside from that, yeah, there, was, there wasn't, yeah. It, it's all just so grim. You know, like the thing that bugged me most is that we're set up for a perfect multiverse joke. When we're talking about how dreams are kind of your vision to the multiverse and Wong comes out with, wait, so that, that recurring dream I have where I'm naked being chased by a clown. Yeah. Why Why did we not see that at some point? That That's your setup to a joke and it never got paid off. That's true. That's your Chekhov's gun. Though I must admit that was the one funniest part of this film. Like that was the one joke. Like Benedict Wong was doing a great job as Wong. I feel like he yeah. was he was probably one of the better characters in this. But you're right. There is there is moments like that that could have led onto something else. It could have been used for something else. Or you know. Yeah. I, I think another thing too that I'll bring up is that I have a tr- problem with this film in that Doctor Strange. You know, when it's the Doctor Strange story, I'm just so disinterested because I find him so unlikable. <laughs> as, yeah, as yeah. a character I get that's what he's like oh, he's a, a jerk yeah, he's that a, scene where he makes jerk. the pizza guy punch himself for weeks and weeks like that's, <laughs> it's not funny it's meant to be a joke and it's just like you're a <laughs> Doctor Strange <laughs> exactly three weeks you could have trimmed that down to three minutes to get away yeah. you know like three yeah. weeks what a fucking asshole just cause just cause the guy wanted to be paid for his food like I'm sorry <laughs> exactly wait, wait for the like you know 1% of society to just punch down on the poor man on the street who's trying to <laughs> yeah. try to sell food and make you know make some money for his kids and stuff you know yeah asshole yeah I, th- that's the biggest problem though is like Doctor Strange is a character I mean he, he is another version of Tony Stark you know, he's this arrogant, yeah, yeah. you know, like super intelligent, you know, think he's the man, all that sort of stuff. The problem is he's just not likable. There's a there's a roguish mm. charisma to Tony Stark, whereas for Bennett Cumberbatch, like, you know, I love him as an actor, but when he plays Doctor Strange, he seems like the kind of guy that you'd like, you'd get into an argument with and he wouldn't stop until he's tried to morally and just yeah, oh, completely yeah. destroy you. And, you know, he, yeah. he's the kid at school that would like get into an argument, get bummed out by the class clown, usually me, in front of everyone and then come back the next day thinking everyone's still at that point. And he'd be like, oh, actually, I've gone home and done my research. And he's just like, shut yeah. up. You're fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the other thing is that, and you said before that, Wong was great in this film, and I think part of that is that he's, and you brought this up at the start, he's one of the only characters with clear character motivations. Yeah. I was deeply disappointed because I think that Wanda, played by Elizabeth Olsen, is one of the strongest characters in the MCU, and I think that this film did her so dirty. Really? The pace, oh, the pacing is fucked. (laughs) Like, the scene at the orchard at the start where, where Strange goes to see her, now, clear this up for me. Was that supposed to be any kind of surprise that she's the villain? Because that was such a quick reveal and it, it felt- I felt nothing in that moment. Like, I just didn't feel like I was supposed to even care. So, if you've seen the WandaVision TV series, we actually see her go and find this yeah, new home at the which end. which I've seen. And I'm one of the few people who actually liked that series, although it did get 
like it got worse as it went. Yeah. I enjoyed the first kind of half better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we do see her as like a post credit scene or something like that with the dark hold. So yeah. anyone that knows the comic books knows that she's on her route on you know on the way to becoming evil. So we knew that was yeah. going to happen. And then when he went to see her, and you know she's living in this idyllic paradise, and you know she's having this dream, and then has that like subtle change in coloration and all this other stuff. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. And then yeah, the change is. The change is like, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious to anyone that would see it. The w- one thing I will say about it, I feel like she crushed. I feel like she did a really good job of what she had. I just think she had nothing to work with. And same with uh, her change at the end. It, it's just, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. I felt nothing for her. And it was just so disappointing because I love her. And also, what the fuck has happened to her accent? She's just she's just American now. <laughs> oh yeah, she gave up on it after Age of Ultron. It's it's long gone. Yeah, <laughs> people people take yeah. the piss out of that. How quickly she got rid of it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think um, Scarjo did the same. I think she had a slightly Russian accent in Iron Man yeah. too, and then it's gone now. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll see, plug, why was I plugged this on my show? But I'll plug it again here. If anyone really wants to see an amazing, like dramatic performance from Elizabeth Olsen, go see Martha Marcy May Marlene. It's on Disney Plus. And it's like right. her as she joins a cult and then she basically gets out. And so she it's like her trying to readjust to society with her sister, uh, Sarah Paulson, who's always amazing. But it also has like flashbacks to the cult and what she did there and stuff like that. And it's just it's phenomenal. It's like the Elizabeth yeah. Olsen show from start to finish and she's amazing. That Ingrid Goes yeah, West, yeah. she's also awesome in that. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that her motivation was really poor in this film. Yeah, and like you're playing with the multiverse. Like show us Show us everything this character has lost that has broken her to this point. Show us a universe where the Silver Surfer is still alive. You know? You told me about Vision. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Show us a universe where Vision is still- Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, show us everything she's lost that's broken her down. It just came across false and I just did not care. I, I, I did. I did. I, I, I don't mind to admit it. I, I felt like- I felt like we saw a good motivation for her, and I feel like if you're as intimate with the WandaVision series, it's sort of, it's almost like it's dovetailed in. So I feel like if you go into this movie cold and you haven't seen the WandaVision series, you know, or, you know, obviously I'm not, you know, taking away from your opinion as well, but like I feel like for me, like being that intimate with WandaVision and then coming into this, I'm like, yes, I know her motivation. I know what she's like as a character in the comics as well, which I think is leaning into this because she is a deeply troubled character in the comics. Like she's done some yeah. crazy out there stuff. And so to see her be this person and to see all the horror scenes and stuff, I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't mind saying that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was just really, really disappointed because I just feel like, and I, I like I said, I did enjoy WandaVision, mm. but I just think that like tying the whole thing to these children rather than her as a whole and everything she's lost, I just didn't get it. Yeah, it, it feels strange though as well. It Almost Doctor Strange. But it feels <laughs> very strange though that she couldn't, find a universe where there's her kids but she's died you know like she could go to another universe and like replace herself in one of these universes or find a universe where robots or you know like um, yeah something like that you know like um you know like go to a universe where she's been replaced by something and then just take it over and you know she'd like why pick a universe where she has to go murder just her you know like go murder her yeah like like some people yeah. say, we kill ourselves for our kids by you know all our hopes and dreams going out the window, and probably right. But like, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought the exact same thing. Like, w- there are so many multiverses, and we only saw three in this film or something. There must have been, 
Yeah, like there would have been one that she could fit into quite easily. Oh, billions. <laughs> like absolutely billions, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Strange and his motivation then. Like you said, you kind of don't really care about the character of, motiv- of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Were you on board with him stopping Wanda or were you a little, a little bit like, well, just, just let her go? <laughs> yeah, there was a part of me that was because, I mean, like she raised a good point of like, you don't even know this girl, America Chavez, and you're willing to let all these other people die to protect Yeah. Them. And I was like, it's a good point. I was like, why can't these two just, like, as I said, can't, like, figure out a plan? You know, like, he he's saying to her, look, those aren't your kids. She's going, you know, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know, as I said, find another universe. Come up with something. And then there was a part of me that was, like, um, like th- there was a part of me that had all these, like, you know, like, tearing fruit of, like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? And I was like, well, then the film would be 15 minutes long. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the ultimate thing is, like, well, if dreamwalking is in the dark hold and you've mastered that, just fucking do that, Scarlet Witch. Like, just, just you know, basically possess that version of you. That way you don't need to kill that other version. Like, you just, you slot right in and they, they literally think you're their mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and let me find the universe where I'm married to Nellie Portman and let me dreamwalk into that one. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, strange. Uh, Chavez, I thought was awesome. You know, I I don't, I don't get the. There's some people that are saying that she was just roped in there for diversification. You know. Oh no, I don't think that at all. I, I, I agree. I thought she was one of the best things about the film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's funny how upset some places are getting over the fact that she had a pair of women as parents you know like she had yeah, lesbian mothers so re- and she I'm she's lesbian herself movie- in, the char- in the comics as well right. she was wearing like a pride flag on her clothes and she had amore es amore you know love is love and spanish on her and i was like this is cool like this is you know this is awesome it's like yeah, yeah. i'm assuming that the film won't get a chinese release then or well, they haven't had a chinese release since infinity War. shang chi Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Or maybe in game. Like I am pretty sure Disney pissed off China enough that they've China have gone nut, nah, that's it, no more. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I know it's not getting one in Saudi Arabia because it's <laughs> they they refuse to cut the lesbian scene from the film. Let's talk about the cameos in the film for a second. Because yes. I know that this is one of the things you were very, very hyped for. You had seen like a leaked uh credit list or something. I, I released um, a leaked credit list that I'd I stole off somebody else, which had like Dominic Toretto and <laughs> Lady Toretto and <laughs> Sub Zero and all this other stuff. And I was like, this is just too gold not to share. But there was another one that you had seen that had uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and whatnot in it. It didn't have Hugh Jackman, but I'd seen something that said that Deadpool, Cable, and Domino were going to appear as one of the post-credit scenes. Right. Yeah. Yep. I'd, I'd seen that. I'd also, I'd know, I mean, we'd all seen Professor X in the trailers. There'd been fan petitions for Krasinski to play Mr. Fantastic for years. You know, yep. everybody wanted him to play it. And, you know, there was obviously rumors that that was going to happen. And then the other one, like back to the Deadpool one, was like there was a photo of Ryan Reynolds on Instagram where he was like getting fitted out for Deadpool 3. And the yep. costume designer that was fitting him out was actually the same costume designer that worked on Doctor Strange. So right, everyone was yep. like, well, f- come on, put two and two together. <laughs> never mind that they probably have the same costume designer that does all of their films. <laughs> like, yeah. Never mind that. Yeah. Never mind that. So. <laughs> It was, it was hype for that. And I'm just going to go out and say this. Like, fans have been demanding Krasinski for Mr. Fantastic for years. I have too. He sucked. Yeah, he was not. I agree. I don't think he was very good. He's, he's <laughs> not Reed Richards at all. No. Well, and there's just, I mean, I think that this this is a problem with the dialogue throughout the entire film. 
very few characters in this film have have or display any personality at all. Um, even honestly, I think the same of Wanda. I think she just displays no personality in this film. It's just A to B, A to B. And I think it was exactly the same in those scenes. We don't know anything about who this Reeves Richards is. He's like, for all intents and purposes, he's just a superhero. And he just stands there and talks like a superhero. And anybody could have done that. And it just... It just wasn't done well at all for me. It, it is disappointing because uh, I'm again I'm on the hype train to have him as Mister Fantastic, as well as having his wife Emily Blunt as Invisible Woman. Like that would just be cool. Yeah, it makes so much sense. I, I found that annoying. I liked uh, I like Patrick Stewart coming back as Charles Xavier, and I thought he had yeah, one awesome cool. death. I thought that was like outstanding. The way she just pops up behind his head and snaps his neck, I was like, "Whoa, whoa okay." That was the that was the one scene that leaned into the fun, you know, the, the horror that Sam Raimi is known for. Yeah, the scene when I forget the character's name because I didn't give a shit about any of them, but the character who didn't talk and then when he went to talk had no mouth Black and then his head yeah. just popped. Yeah. That was. That was fun. That was the only scene in this entire film that leaned in to what Sam Raimi can really do. Yeah. Yeah, that whole, like, the Illuminati going out, like, gangsters as well, yeah. every single one of them, uh, especially, like, Peggy Carter taking the shield through the stomach, you know, because it was, like, yeah. a repeat of that scene out of Winter Soldier where Bucky catches the shield, throws it back at Steve, and Steve, like, dodges it or catches it, whatever. The fact that, you know, she catches the shield and then throws it back at her and she just, whoop, <laughs> split in half. It yeah. was like, hey, well, this yeah. movie is not fucking around. Holy shit. Yeah. But this takes me back to my biggest problem with the film is that I don't believe that a horror was the right choice for what this is. Right. I think that a multiverse movie needs to have some layer of fun to it. Like, this is where you can just explore and show complete batshit things. And, you know, I, I don't need like a million cameos, but- this is your perfect opportunity. This this is your chance, you know? Like, And I was incredibly disappointed in the story right from the start. Why was this not continuing from No Way Home? This completely ignored the events of that and just had a completely different multiverse entrance. And I'm like, what? Wait, so Strangers, Strangers work in that film really had no consequence then do you know the the funniest part billy and again did this on my podcast is that you know to to speed things up i was like i'm just gonna pull the plot off the internet and if you google dr strange 2 the plot that they've got up there is dr strange casts a forbidden spell that opens a portal to the multiverse yep however a threat emerges that may be too big for his team to handle i was like somebody has just based this on spider-man they have not yeah. actually seen the film at all like. because you know what they've done what should have been done yeah the events of spider-man are now completely inconsequential they mean nothing at all like why was strange even in that film like what what is even the point so, so marvel has this problem where they literally do that i, I suppose avengers and Infinity war and Endgame, Endgame is a great example of that i mean but we all knew it was going to happen where they kill all these characters they bring them all back uh you know yeah. four loses an eye he has one again in the next movie uh you know war machine has his spine broken in half can't walk that's the end of you know war machine oh he's back in the next one oh he's back by the end of the movie because tony's figured out like a rehabilitation and medical for you know like they they have these deep deep things happen and then they immediately just flip them and just move on you know yeah how many times has loki yeah. died you know like yeah. how many times have we yeah. gone oh that's sad oh he's back again <laughs> yeah but that's the thing this movie expects you to have seen WandaVision, yeah. a, a TV series, and yet 
places no impotence on any of the other films, including the most recent one, which is literally about the multiverse opening. It just yeah. seems ridiculous to me. It does feel quite bizarre. It was funny because I went and saw it with a friend who hadn't seen Spider-Man, and I think he'd seen WandaVision, and I was, yeah. I was basically trying to give him the plot to Spider-Man before we went in there, and then we walked out, and he was just like, you kind of ruined a movie for me that I really want to see now. And I was like, yeah, no. And he's like, and it wouldn't have mattered. And I was like, no, it wouldn't have mattered, to be honest. Would not have mattered. Yeah. That, to me, is such a bizarre choice. I just, I don't understand that. Yeah. I feel like, again, with the pacing thing, I feel like we didn't get enough time with some of these characters to actually really get them and understand them. Like, another one's springing to mind is the the girl that was, I don't know, smitten about Wong that ran over and grabbed the Darkhold out of her hand and shoved a knife through it. Oh, yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Who are you? The the, the biggest one, the most egregious one by far, is the giant bull dude. Oh yes, the like deer, yeah. yeah. Just a giant dude walking around with a bullhead. No one says a thing. No one's like, "Oh, yeah. hey, is that guy from the blah blah round?" Or something. Know, He's just strolling yeah. around. I was trying to remember if he was a character in the first Doctor Strange. No. I was like, you know what? I feel like I would remember that. All, all I could think was, I was just like, okay, that's some sort of fairy cosplayer. It's now been confirmed for the for the Marvel that yeah. they have fairies as well, <laughs> and no one's saying anything to him because they're like, uh well, you know, it was a spell that backfired, you know? Somebody was just like, yeah, yeah I want to be hung like a bull. And then, like, <laughs> oh, you're a bull, all right, dude. So we've spoken a lot about the pacing and the story and the structure and everything. Let's get to the let's get to the direction and the you know, the the, the visual side of things. Yeah. I thought that the visual effects in the film were fairly strong. I like that they you know, it's kind of an excuse to not have great visual effects when you just go, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like the monster that is introduced into Strangers, you know, current Strangers universe when it's chasing Chavez with all the tentacles and that big eye. That eye looks so cartoony that it looks like it's supposed to be cartoony. And that's okay because it's a multiverse. Yeah. Like it looks, you know, because the eye is so outrageous. It's a little bit like Staryu in, in uh, The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Where it's just kind of so silly by its nature that it doesn't really matter. It, that said, I thought those tentacles looked pretty sick. They, they look pretty sick. I feel. Um, I mean, it's based on Schumacheraff, who I, I think that name is actually copyrighted by somebody else, so they've called him Gargantos in this. But I mean, that's yep. what he looks like in the comics. So it's kind of it's kind of a deep cut for us comic nerds. We're like, hey, oh, that's cool. You know, they've bought him, yeah. and of course, you can't make him any look anything other than stupid you know like silly yeah, or, you know yeah. preposterous or whatever you want to call it i mean that being said like when he gets his eye ripped out i was like this is awesome <laughs> so yeah that was that was very cool yeah um I, but i thought the overall look of the film was was good i i feel so as well like the 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 one thing that sort of threw me a bit was like special effects wise awesome throughout the entire film and then when we get the bit at the end where he has a third eye in his forehead it looks oh, so yeah. plastered on yeah, particularly in the end credits scene, which is weird because I actually thought the other Doctor Strange, the first one who had the third eye, yeah. actually didn't look too bad. But then for some reason, our Doctor Strange, it didn't look like one of his eyes. It was really, really bad. Yeah. I feel like it was never intended, and I feel like that cameo, and we can talk about that in, in post-credit scene, and we can talk a little bit about that soon, about what that all means. But I, I feel like it was tacked on at the end and that's kind of like what the eye looks like you know they gave it to some intern and they're like hey we need to have this movie out to the theaters in a week you know and he's like do an eye quick you know and it's like okay so copy and paste it from the other one and it just it didn't sit right there was something about it that just felt you know like obviously having an eye in the middle of your forehead is a bit disconcerting but when we've put up with everything else throughout it and then to have it so glaringly obviously not not yeah yeah 
What did you think of the uh, zombie Doctor Strange? I liked it. I, I thought it was a, a neat twist and that, you know, it was like, you know, you got to inhabit someone. Doesn't mean I have to be alive. I was like, this would be cool. Although when the soul demons or whatever they were, so even, I don't know everything about Marvel, when they started popping up and stuff, I was like, okay, yeah, this is leaning back into its horror side. And that was kind of fun. But yeah, I, I liked I liked the way they brought him back and how terrifying looking he was in some yeah. aspects, yeah. You know one thing I was really disappointed in? Mm. And I seem to be the only one who thinks this, and I'm sure that you didn't notice or don't care anyway. I did not enjoy the score by Danny Elfman. Really? I'm, I yeah, and I love Danny Elfman. Yeah. I felt it was just, I, I don't know how to describe it. It felt much like most of the film to me, completely emotionless. Wow. Like this entire film felt like nobody cared about any aspect of it apart from Sam Raimi having fun with the horror stuff. Like the mo- the only scene in the whole thing where I was like, okay, somebody had fun doing this was the zombie Doctor Strange. Wow. And apart from that, I felt no emotion at all throughout this film. I just felt like, and I think most of that comes down to a pacing issue yeah. where you just, you don't have time to care about anything. But I didn't care about Wanda and her kids. I didn't care about Strange stopping her. I just didn't care about anything. And the score felt equally as flat to me. I, I loved it. So, the point that I I noticed it, and I don't normally notice the scores. Like I think I've been on this podcast before, saying I'm way more interested in the story and the acting performances, you know, and the direction yeah. and how it looks like. Th- those are the first things that I look for in a film. And then right at the end, I was like, man, the score in this is awesome. Like it just really struck me. Yeah, yeah. See, I seem to be alone on a lot of things about this movie. Mm. Maybe maybe my hype was too high when I'm not normally a Marvel guy anyway or something. Yeah, maybe. But And and I do think that this film, you brought it up at the start, I think this is very, very much hurt by Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is one of the best films I've ever seen yeah. coming out only a few weeks ago, which is, it packs in a massive emotional wallop. It is hysterical. It is. It's just. It's everything that this film should have been. I think. Yeah, exactly. It, it even goes so far as to have a young girl who's a lesbian who's like you know dealing with it. You know, and yeah. it's just like there's so many yeah. similarities that you're like far out. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is hard. I mean, like as I said, I, I still had a good time. I've got issues with it. The the funny thing is though, when I walked out of the first Doctor Strange, I remember going, I don't know if I enjoyed that. And again, it's that's funny. I'm one of the few people who liked. No, no, that but I, I came round on it. In every subsequent <laughs> yeah. viewing, I've been like, this is actually like this is going places that you don't normally see yeah. in the MCU. I, I feel I'm kind of disappointed they didn't bring back Scott Derrickson because that man lives and breathes and actually looks like Doctor Strange. And I was like, he's he would have yeah. been perfect. I mean, Sam Raimi's obviously. A, Quite well story director, but I mean, yeah. Shall we talk about the post-credits? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, let's do that. So, the first one. Charlize Theron. (laughs) Hello, Charlize. Welcome to the MCU. You are uh, an awesome addition. I know you and Topher once came on the podcast, and I think a question got thrown out there of, is there a bigger franchise that has way more... (laughs) That's why that's pretty crappy, but it has an amazing list of A list actors, and I was like, "Yep, okay, fine, you level that at Marvel. I don't give a crap." But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Charlie's like is there, and like again, it's a pacing yeah. issue where she's like, "Hey, hi, hey, do you want to come with me?" Yep. <laughs> well, and, he, and here's all- the thing too. I, I I know that I know that Marvel often throw in things just for the comic readers, and that's fine. Um, she doesn't say who she is in that post credits. Oh, she's clear. She's absolutely clear. See, I, I know that from Googling, <laughs> but but this is this is a problem. Like this is a problem that the MCU has. It already expects you to be up on all of the other 
films and now TV, which is it's just it's getting to a point where it's ridiculous. But to not, I don't, I don't know, man. Just like a very basic anything, like you say, why is he going with her? Does he know who she is? That's not. It's not clear. So, so listeners, if you saw that scene and you went, okay, who's Shelley? So she is playing Claire, as we've mentioned. She first appeared in Strange Tales 126 back in 1964, if my memory is correct. She was in appeared in that comic and um she, i think dormammu who we've seen in the first film you know the the, yeah. the lord of the dark dimension i think they appeared in the same comic she becomes like she's a sorceress herself eventually becomes like a disciple of dr strange and then wife of dr strange lover all that sort of stuff so they're like you know as much as christine palmer i think has done her run i don't think there's too many people out there that are pining for those two you know dr strange and christine palmer to get together so i feel like she's been introduced just to basically be you know the femme fatale sidekick slash counterpart of dr strange so yeah yeah and it was I'm, just but, completely unclear though like do they know each other is she from the multiverse or is she just is she already in this like none of that is clear yeah. i feel like we're just done with the multiverse now no, well, so she opened a portal which clearly looks like the dark dimension that dormammu was in in the first doctor strange so i know yeah. she's from the dark dimension in the comics so i'm feeling like she it's that sort of hint but i mean you're right like uh at the end of avengers when you know some guys like oh to invade Earth means to court death, and we have Thanos turn around and smile. The number of friends that text me after Avengers and went, "Who's that purple dude?" <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that that being said, it's funny how it permeates through culture because my two and a half year old daughter knows who Thanos is. My wife knows who Thanos is. Like, if I yeah, if I'd asked my now. wife twenty years ago, "Hey, do you know who Thanos is?" She'd go, "Have you got a problem? Do you need to see someone?" Is, you know, like. Yeah, I think my problem is that it. I understand the point of the post-credit scenes is purely to be a tease and it, and it is mostly so that people get interested because they don't understand mm. and they Google it and they have to have, you know, people who understand the law explain it to them and, it, you know, and, and then that gets people excited. I think it is bad filmmaking, though, because it takes away the impact of this character's introduction. Like you say with Thanos, Thanos being introduced should have been a big deal. Instead, it's some purple dude who, from memory, is not even Josh Brolin at that point. No, he's not, no. Um, just smiling. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like, there's no impact there. <laughs> there is. And there's the other one, too, after, I can't remember what film it is. I think it might be Age of Ultron or something, where Thanos picks up a glove and goes, fine, I'll do it myself. And then I'm like... I know what's going on, but I'm pretty sure 99% of the people are like, what's that glove about? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is happening? Yeah. Can I ask you if there's any significance to the third eye? Like, it's obvious that that is his, I guess, punishment for having used the Darkhold. Um, it was weird to me that Wanda didn't get any such punishment. I mean, arguably apart from, I guess, death. But, <laughs> like, is is there any significance to that third eye? Does it give him any extra abilities? Does it come with a curse or is it just there? Yeah, I, I feel like it's an evolution of him. Again, I'm, I'm not that familiar with Doctor Strange. I'm not that big a fan of his. I know... Yeah, obviously the first appearance and stuff like that, and some of his some of his lore. But I, I feel like it does offer him abilities. You know, like yeah, I, I yeah, honestly, I'm I'm just gonna make up stuff if I answer. So probably not. <laughs> I, I I did do a little re bit of research afterwards, and I remember just going, oh, my brain couldn't give a shit about this. <laughs> and moving on, <laughs> it's just not a character I've liked. You know, and it's it's yeah. funny because before the movies, I was never a Captain America fan, but yet you know, Chris Evans has made me go, oh, I really like Captain America. So. You know, it's it's a shame that Benedict Cumberbatch hasn't done the same thing, basically. Yeah. So, all right. All in all, how are you scoring this out of 10? 
I I went into this film hoping for a nine. It's all the way down. It's somewhere between a. It was going to be a seven, but I feel like I'm slipping down into six and potentially five by the time I rewatch well, it again. So somewhere between a six. I'm just going to go seven at the moment, but come back to me in two days, and it's probably going to be a six, and then it's probably going to be a five. Yeah, I I was also hoping for like a seven or an eight, and I slipped down. I I can't give this higher than a four. Wow. Like I for me, this is a sub average movie. I wouldn't see this again. It's definitely in my bottom half of Marvel films. I must admit, I I did notice that. I did notice you comment on a certain other podcast group wall saying this is yeah. your bottom three. I I was surprised, but not really. <laughs> Yeah, I was just disappointed. I think I just hoped for so much more, which is always, you know, that's the enemy of any film. Like, you know, I know a lot of people love uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. That's probably the most disappointed I've been in a cinema just because I loved the books so much. Um, And I think this is just, you know, I just saw everything all at once. I, I had, you know, was really hyped up and it just didn't live anywhere near those expectations for me. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll preface this in terms of like the same way I scored the Batman. Where I'm like, this is for, for a Marvel film, for a comic book movie, this is a seven out of ten. But for a, just standalone filmmaking, it's probably a five. It's not that great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me, mate. Can you tell everyone once again where they can find you and what you're up to and whatnot? I don't want people finding me, Billy. That's creepy. <laughs> Actually, I do. My wife's way. I'm very lonely. I miss the touch of a human being. <laughs> After this, will you spoon me, Billy? I'm very scared. Absolutely, and alone. I will. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, movie reviews and 20 cues does exactly what it says on the sin. We take a film, we ask 20 questions about it. So we did this film. I'm uh, just trying to think off the top of my head what a couple of the questions that we did was. I know one of my questions was, are we supposed to just ignore the fact that there's a giant bullheaded dude walking around? <laughs> what would be <laughs> yeah. his superhero name? One of the other guys asked, what would the evil version of your podcast be like? I had a lot of fun coming up with an evil version of my podcast. And uh, yeah, and then one of the other ones, because um, I had two Kiwis on, said, uh, what New Zealand actor or actress would you cast in the Illuminati if Carter was replaced with Captain Kiwi? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and given that we've got a massively huge selection of actors and actresses to pick from, uh, I went with Lucy Lawless. as <laughs> Captain Captain Kiwi. You know, Xena. Xena Warrior Princess. Can you imagine her as Captain Kiwi? It'd be amazing. Zoe Bell was my yeah. often, so yeah. Well, we, we've had Captain Boomerang. Exactly. You guys have got already got representation. Where's Captain Kiwi? Pretty sure there's a Captain Kangaroo out there somewhere. Exactly. We need Captain Kiwi. We need a guy whose superpowers are based on a small nocturnal bird that is flightless, that basically goes around sticking his nose in things that sh- where they shouldn't belong all night and looking for chicks and basically prowling and then sleeping all day which basically describes a New Zealand male you know goes out looking for chicks <laughs> sleeps all day oh, awesome alright well later this week I'll be joined by my wife checking out Downton Abbey and New Era which I'm very excited <laughs> for <laughs> And uh, and then Sucker. next week I'll be joined by next week I'll be joined by Jason from Binge Movies to chat about the new Firestarter remake with Zac Efron of all people. Huh? So, is that for real? Yeah, it is for real. They're remaking Firestarter, you know Stephen King's classic yeah. novel with uh, Zac Efron in the lead. There's a bunch of King remakes coming out later this year. Interesting. And I guess I should also plug that, you know, just last week I was over on your good show. Yes. uh, Throwing 20 questions at the Terminator, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was awesome. We did a really good job. It was a lot of fun. You took your pants off. It was quite cool. Yeah. (laughs) As I am known to do. (laughs) 
Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. See you, movie.